Welcome to the Sisterhood of Healing podcast, the podcast that wants to help you reach your best and most divine potential. Each week, we dive into topics concerning inner healing, wellness, and spirituality. We discuss strategies and practice from our own personal experiences regarding higher energies, trauma, and connecting to the divine as we take you through our own personal journeys to discover the highest versions of ourselves. In combination with guest speakers, we bring you a comprehensive guide to mental and spiritual wellness and the ability to connect to yourself and the world around you on a deeper level. I'm Nicole. And I'm Christina. And we are two sisters who want to take you along on our spiritual and healing journey. We are each on our own individual healing and spiritual path and bring unique perspectives regarding yoga, chakra healing, meditation, intuition, and trauma healing. Sometimes life is messy, sometimes it's confusing, and sometimes everything falls perfectly into place. Join us as we navigate the path to divine enlightenment together. Welcome sisters, brothers, and non-binary listeners to episode 15 of the Sisterhood of Healing podcast. This is our final episode of season one, and on today's episode, we're going to be showcasing some of our favorite highlights from season one. So we sat down together and we chose moments that resonated with both of us. And as we were listening to our episodes and we came across these moments right away, both of us were like, yes, that's that's what we want. to. That's my highlight. That's what uh, we want to acknowledge. So we're we're excited to get started and talk about why these were some of our favorite moments of season one. I'd also like to make note that we both rocked up in the same outfit today, which we do very often, which kind of proves how in sync we are, our burgundy tights and black sweaters. So I <laughs> felt that was important to make note of how in sync we are today. So same outfits, same special moments. Yep, same mindset. <laughs> so the first moment that we wanted to take a look at and discuss a little bit was the conversation that we had with Gareth from the fabric of being we thought that he gave us a lot of really deep spiritual Mm -hmm. information yeah um and particularly when he's talking about love yeah I found myself in awe throughout this entire Mm. conversation um like I'm so captivated by everything that he was saying and everything truly like resonated with me Mm -hmm. um so let's give this clip a listen you know for ethereal people like like group into circles and chanting stuff but love's one of the most powerful forces in existence in fact it's the fundamental foundation of reality uh and love can take like the hardest of beatings and get back up and go again and when you understand what love is we're actually made of love. So when mystics in the past have expressed that, you know, they experienced God maybe and that God was love, is because to be in the presence of your pure awareness and being is to be in the presence and the pure aware of being of the infinite, which, you know, some uh, religions like to call God. And when you're in that presence, it feels like love. It feels like ecstasy and it feels like bliss. To actually be present with the fabric of your own self, you then feel that love and bliss. So it's not love isn't something to attain and it's not an ideal or idea. It's just an expression of the self once you reach that place. Okay, so everything Gaz said completely captivated me. I think everything that came out of his mouth was full of pure love, pure beauty, pure innocence, essence. He's one of my favorite people. And I said to him, we hadn't seen him in a year. A year. Over a year. Yeah. And just seeing you hadn't. I've yeah. seen him sooner. Yeah. But and just seeing his face pop up on the computer screen because it was a Zoom conversation instantaneously brought me so much joy. Like he is one of those people who has this aura about them, just this beauty about them. Mm-hmm. Like he's his soul is so pure. And it was so just just seeing his face like I I can't even explain what it was. It just produced such a an inherent feeling of joy mm-hmm. in me. Yeah, no, such a, a great conversation to have with him. And 
this was a really long mm-hmm. episode that we had and um we spoke for like an hour before we even mm-hmm. started to record um we could have talked all night with mm-hmm. him um you're just an amazing human being and the beauty of his soul just resonated throughout the entire episode mm-hmm um, but the reason why we chose this clip is uh, one thing that he said is that love is the fundamental foundation of reality. Mm-hmm. So, so beautiful. Yeah. And if we were all able to lead from a place of love, think of how beautiful this world would be. Think of how there would be no wars, there would be no jealousy, there would be no conflict. If everyone was giving love and allowing themselves to receive love, Mm -hmm. which is really big because I think a lot of people don't receive love because there's a lot of uh, consequences that come along with that, like heartbreak or disappointment or whatever. So I think a lot of people don't allow themselves to receive love and a lot of people don't know how to give love because they haven't been shown love. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, we are all made of love and we are mm -hmm. all made of the same higher power and once we recognize that there's more similarities and there are differences Mm -hmm. then we can we can learn to love one another and and we find that love for someone else easier like we see ourselves within others Mm -hmm. more clearly Mm -hmm. I would say that love's even a basic instinct like it's a is it a basic instinct to love someone else I don't know I don't know I I don't know I think you have to learn how to love Mm. Hmm. I think it comes from that so one of the other things that Gaz said in that clip too was love is an expression of the self so I think maybe you have to learn to love yourself first yeah and that's like seeing yourself and other people right like Mm -hmm. having having empathy Mm -hmm. for others so many good things come from a place of love. It it breaks my heart when people, you know, don't love themselves, have a difficulty showing love for others, have a difficulty expressing or um, accepting love, I live a life devoid of love. I've never experienced love in any form. Um, you know, whether it's children or whatever, it it's it's so heartbreaking. It's one of the most beautiful things. And I loved how he said love is the fundamental foundation of reality because it it really is. It's what we base our lives on. Like if you think of our first relationships with our families and, you know, how either an abundance of love or a lack of love will affect an individual, Mm -hmm. how that impacts their ability to then go into the world and love themselves and love others it's yeah. it really is so foundational yeah like personally speaking I found that when I started to love myself I was able to show up in the world in a completely different way mm-hmm. I was able to show up for other people um but unfortunately we live in a society that profits off of people not loving themselves mm-hmm. we live in a society where their corporations are making money based off of people having the desire to constantly improve themselves Mm -hmm. because they don't like who they are. Look at the fitness industry. Yeah. Yeah. It totally capitalizes on that. Yeah. No, it's so unfortunate. Yeah. I had that experience too. I'd always been like, yeah, I like myself. Of course I love myself. I like who I am. I know who I am. I love my life. But it wasn't until I did that like deep shadow work, soul searching, that I realized, oh, I love others first before I love myself. Yeah. Yeah. My life completely started to change Mm -hmm. when I realized that um, I have a high worth. Mm -hmm. And when I started to put myself before others, then... I really started to love myself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, when, when you hear the phrase, how can you love someone else without loving yourself first? Like you need to love yourself first you before do. you love someone else. And like, that's essentially what it means. Like understanding your value and your worth yeah. 
um, it's not about liking yourself. Like I always liked myself, but understand your value and your worth inherently. So then you can stand from a place of pureness and I don't know what the word is that I'm looking for. Just grace. Mm. And then give that love out to others, but always maintaining that place of grounding for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's such a strong foundation. Yeah. I, I literally have this picture in my head of when you love yourself first and you're giving it out to the world. Like I have this picture of an individual standing grounded and then like light just beaming out from them, like boom, like yeah. a big, big, almost like mushroom cloud explosion An aura. of just light. Yeah. This, <laughs> An that, aura of light. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what I picture of it just beaming out into the world because you are just so grounded in love. Mm. Love is, oh, I just love, love, love. it's just one of the most beautiful things and a lot of people I heard a phrase the other day um I can't remember what I was listening to another podcast and they were saying love you know a lot of people are afraid to love because they've been hurt by love and this person said it wasn't love that hurt you it was people who were hurt that hurt you yeah love does not hurt you Mm mm-hmm Love does not hurt you. It comes from a place of purity. And and so much of what Gaz said when he was talking about, you know, like the fabric of being, when he was talking about mediumship and talking about, you know, like connecting to whatever our higher power was and how that's love. Like we are all grounded in love. Mm-hmm. And whatever gods, deities, energies, whatever it is that we believe in, like, and a lot of religions around the world, like the golden rule, do you want to your others as you would have done unto yourself? Like love others as you would yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's so simple. Mm-hmm. And yet we don't practice our lives in that way. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we for we struggle with loving others because we struggle with loving ourselves. Mm-hmm. Ultimately. Yeah. Ultimately. Mm. <sighs> <laughs> so nice. I can't wait to have another conversation with Gaz. Yeah. Oh, just he just lights up my world. so the second person that we thought of or the second clip we both resonated with was a clip from kareen plecharzik the trauma specialist that we spoke with so the clip with kareen that resonated with both of us was when she discussed generational trauma and how trauma is passed on she said it's formed in the womb Mm -hmm. right and this is something that we're both starting to understand and how trauma has shown up um, and how we're trying to heal the trauma of our own families. And we're carrying trauma that our grandparents never dealt with, who I'm assuming their parents never dealt with. Like, and um, it's, it's been an interesting process, like a really interesting process. And we've actually had family members say to us like, Oh, what, what's happened to you in your life? You've mm-hmm. never experienced trauma. And it's just so, it's so, um, it's dismissive. Uh, yeah. Of, and, and also like ignorant, right? Like it just shows how many people don't understand how inherently we're all connected, how, how, when we don't heal ourselves, when we don't acknowledge the things that causes pain or trauma, how that impacts our relationship with others explicitly or implicitly. Yeah. I think it also, um, it shows that people don't understand what trauma is. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people understand trauma as like some PTSD. Yeah. Some like crazy event that happened, um, you know, like a car crash, a fire Mm -hmm. or something like that. Not something like being a child growing up in a household where your father was constantly yelling at your mother, a situation like that. Mm-hmm. Like that is trauma. And I think the more that people become aware of these different types of trauma, these different like scenarios that cause trauma, then trauma is just going to perpetuate through generations like Mm -hmm. it's it really is our responsibility to heal that generational trauma Mm -hmm. and I think it's so important for us to stop dismissing one another like when someone says you know this has been my experience or like this is what I'm feeling I'm carrying this I'm carrying someone else's trauma I'm I'm angry Nicole and I like have had so many conversations why are 
why have we always felt so angry? Because mm-hmm. we're holding on to the anger of people who came before us. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's really, really heavy. And it's been quite the, the journey to process it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it's been really difficult to see the individuals who have kind of passed down that trauma to you still struggling with their trauma and refusing to acknowledge that they have experienced any hardships despite the fact that they talk about those hardships yeah which is really frustrating but again I mean it's not our responsibility to fix the people that came before us but to fix ourselves so we can heal from whatever happened before us. Yeah, and we're not passing that down mm-hmm. to the next generation. Mm-hmm. So let's give a listen to this clip with Corinne Plecharczyk. Um, This dysregulated caregiving, actually our, our, atomic, uh, our nervous system starts shaping inside the womb. And that's when we can already start having these habitual response patterns form. So if, if you have two parents, two caregivers who are fighting and you're in the womb, you're learning those responses and you're already producing responses. You're learning, you're hearing, your nervous system is taking it in. It's taking it because the nervous system stands and connects with the with other people's nervous systems. So it's learning before you're even born. You are forming habitual response patterns. Wow, that's deep. Is is that in any way related to like when they talk about like generational trauma? Like, is it also formed in the womb? Wow. Yep. So that's so that's why generational trauma is super super real because our nervous system starts forming in the womb, and that's when we start responding to the external stimuli um, because of whatever that caregiving situation looks like. So I might not have known what my parents were doing before I was born. But it happened and my nervous system sensed it and it learned ways to respond. It learned ways that my mother responded. It learned ways about the other caregiver, how the other caregiver, whatever situation looks like, how they responded. And it learned ways of how to survive and adapted it. My mind is blown right now. I know. I'm (laughs) speechless. Wow. crazy like our bodies are so intelligent there's I feel like there's so much about our bodies we don't know like Mm -hmm. I know there's a lot about the brain we don't know but oh I we don't right I have no words right now we're still at a point where we're exploring it all because there's so much yeah and we're so not connected to ourselves like we're so disconnected from ourselves yeah and and that I mean, disconnect with trauma too. That's the biggest thing. I mean, we expect all these people to, uh, I mean, you were saying, we were talking about yoga at one point. So you want a person to connect with their body and like learn their body and gain that sense of control, right? Well, a person who's experienced trauma isn't going to be able to do that. Mm -hmm. So actually by doing a yoga practice with assist even, with, um, you know, these Lululemon yoga outfits that cost my whole arm and leg, personally. <laughs> I mean, I would love to be able to afford it, but I can't right now. <laughs> That's actually establishing a power dynamic, which actually perpetuates uh, a cycle of abuse and oppression. I love so much of what Corinne was saying there because I've always had like I have no psychological background so I've not studied this in any way but just from observing people um listening to people's stories learning day by day whatever I've always had this belief that our problems you know the problems that plague society the problems that plague certain uh groups within society or the struggles that they face like they're all systemic whether they're systemically imposed on us or on those groups of people, um, or they are systemic generational problems. And a lot of people will try to heal the outcome of whatever that problem is rather than going to the root. And the root, what it seems like, 
Corinne was saying is this trauma, right? We, it's this trauma that's passed down. It's these trauma responses that we've developed. Um, and it continues to manifest itself in this cycle of, like she said, abuse and oppression and a lot of our issues within society. And like, I see it with the kids at school. I see it with like, just so many things. Like it's, it's systemic, like it's passed down and we need to go to the root and like, we are too busy putting on band-aids and not actually addressing what the real issue is. Mm -hmm. People don't want to have those hard conversations. No. Like it's, it's a lot of work to, to create change, um, to change these patterns, these cycles Mm -hmm. that we're living in. And yeah, like no one wants to address it. Mm -mm. And I've had conversations with individuals who they'll say, I've never told anyone that before. And I'm glad that I just told you I feel better. I'm like, okay. How long have you been holding that for? What if you had more of those conversations? Yes. What if we created more safe spaces to have more of those conversations where people were feeling more comfortable saying to their friend, I'm really struggling and we're feeling comfortable taking advice from Mm -hmm. a friend or, you know, taking that next step to getting help and processing their trauma and speaking with a professional and, yeah, and, like, I hope I can be that person that holds a safe space for people around me to feel comfortable mm-hmm. to, to come to me, to be able to voice their feelings and, and their experiences. Um, but so often, like, people don't have someone, mm-hmm. someone yes. to lean on. All it takes is one, one person to listen. Mm-hmm. Um but so many people don't have that one person. Mm-hmm. I saw with the kids at school, and I think I spoke about this in a podcast before, but, um, you know, the kids are coming off of COVID and being at home. There, A lot of them are really struggling. A lot of the adolescents are really struggling this year. And I saw it a lot uh, with the first couple months of school, the conversations that kids were just coming up and voluntarily having because – they're like, I just need, I just need to tell someone this. Mm-hmm. I just need to have this conversation and to like have. And I think too, society has told us, you know, don't air your dirty laundry with everyone mm-hmm. else. Right. Like that's a common phrase. If something's happening within the family, if, if like you're struggling with something, you know, keep it to yourself, deal with it on your own. And, and I think that has, you know, it's been a detriment to a lot of people. Yeah, like how do we know that these issues are happening mm-hmm. if if we're forcing people to deal with these things on their own? Mm-hmm. They don't have that place or that person to go to to discuss what they're going through, to to get their feelings out. Like there's no support system there. Mm-hmm. Corinne also talks about, in relation to that, she talks about survival and adaptation. And so, you know, when we're not reaching out to those support systems, if we don't have those support systems, if we've been taught to, you know, keep your problems to yourself and, you know, keep a stiff upper lip and continue on, you are literally living a life of survival. Like you are surviving day by day. You're just trying to get through the day with whatever it is you're struggling with, whatever it is you're experienced, you're never processing it. You're holding it in your body and then you're passing it on. And you're contributing to that abuse. Mm-hmm. If you have someone that goes to you, that's, you know, pouring their heart out, telling you what they're going through and, and your response back is like, that's your problem. Like mm-hmm. you are contributing to that abuse. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not, and, you know, like, keep in mind, it's not up to us. If someone comes to you and, you know, they, they tell you something, they tell you what they've experienced, they share their traumas with you, their struggles with you. It's not necessarily up to us to fix that. We don't necessarily have the skills to do that, but it is so important for us to hold space, a positive space. And for us to acknowledge, just to acknowledge, just so that like someone knows that they're heard, that they're seen that everything's going to be okay. Like just to be that safe space Mm -hmm. is so important. Yeah. 
Corinne had mentioned that due to trauma, we learn how to disconnect with our bodies. It's a, it's a way of coping with the trauma. And we talked about yoga and how that shows up in, in classes and practice. And people don't know how to, to connect their mind or their breath to their body. It's a foreign concept because they've been so conditioned to doing it for their entire lives, literally out of, um, yeah, survival. Mm -hmm. I think this was the episode that perhaps I learned the most about. Corinne just came to us. First of all, she was incredibly passionate about her specialty, about trauma, about the adolescents she worked with. And I, I thought that was so special because I mean, and we were talking about earlier with Gaz, like she, she's trying to connect to others from a place of love, like a place of passion. And so much of what she said connected the dots for further helping me understand things that I was trying to process, things that I had experienced. Mm-hmm. Um, she just gave me a deeper understanding of not only myself, but the students I work with, the relationships that I have. So it was a really profound experience speaking with her. Mm-hmm. Also, I loved her energy. Oh, yeah. It was, <laughs> it was a fantastic conversation. So I'm, I'm reading this book on trauma, as you know. So I, I know a little bit about trauma and how it manifests within the body and how we learn to live our lives. Um, but Corinne just shone a, an even brighter light on trauma Mm -hmm. and how we live our lives with it and just like you had said it gave me a deeper understanding of of people of others like a greater awareness Mm -hmm. of um why they are Mm -hmm. the way they are that we're all literally just living in response to whatever is traumatized yeah and when someone's not leading from that place of love there's a reason there's a reason inside them why, you know, again, we say this all the time, hurt people, hurt people. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes you a, approach relationships, um, your interactions differently because I know for me personally, I have learned not to take things personal because I know that that person's probably dealing with something that the way that they're acting towards me, if it's not, you know, coming from a place of love, positivity, joy, uh, or support, it's probably because they've either been conditioned to act that way, that these feelings, inherent um, behaviors, inherent like survival type, whatever it is, it's been passed down and they haven't recognized yet, recognize that or process that. Um, and I think, unfortunately, a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't, right? Like, no. we're all just trying to survive. We're all just trying to get by. And unless something catastrophic happens, you're like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm fine. I just got to give You know what? I got to go to work today. I got to pay my bills. We don't think twice about the way that we're living. No. Or why we're living that way. Why, why we're living that way. Why am, I, why am I choosing to speak to someone this way? Or why am I choosing... Um, why am I choosing to treat myself this way? which is a big one too, mm-hmm. right? And that manifests itself in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we had such a great conversation yeah. with Corinne. Um, so the next episode we had following Corinne's was again on trauma. And we had Ashley and Michelle as a guest for that episode. And we discussed finding strength through tragedy. And Ashley was so vulnerable was so open and honest about her experience with trauma so we're gonna share one of our favorite clips there were so many fantastic moments in this episode so yes let's share one of our favorite clips with you like all that's left for me for my family is my aunt my grandma and my cousins that's it i had to cut ties with anything that wasn't serving my purpose that was harming my growth, my journey, in order to get to where I need to be. That's I think it's wrong when you have that mindset. 
Yeah, that's very strong of you to do because I know like a lot of people say, oh, but like, but their blood, like how can you cut blood out of your life? But if those relationships aren't serving you and they're, they have more of a toxic role in your life, then there's no reason to keep those people around you. No, I think you use the term, like if it's not healthy for you, like we know that you know, drinking poison, that's not healthy for you. Why would you do that? We know that eating a lot of junk food, that's not healthy for you. Why would you do that? We're so conscious of what's physically healthy and not healthy for us. We forget about what's mentally and emotionally healthy. And it's so fast for us to just be like, oh, like, like you said, it's, it's blood, like blood's thicker than water. It's, it's your family. How could you do that? But Family can be unhealthy for you spiritually and emotionally, mentally as well. It it really it really can be. It can be pure toxicity. And like I really strongly believe that family is what you make it and what you choose it to be. Mm-hmm. Like my family are the people that showed up every day at the trial for me. Those are the people that I have so much respect and, and admiration for and who were honestly like they gave up weeks of their life to be in that trial every single day for me. And that's something that there's no amount of gifts, there's no amount of appreciation to show them for Mm -hmm. how much it meant to me to have them by my side day in and day out. So this conversation that we had with Ashley um, was, it was heartbreaking to hear her story. And um, it was, it was heavy to hear, especially mm-hmm. because Ashley is a close friend of mine. Um, it was really difficult to hear her story and to hear all of the pain that she has suffered. Um, but it was also very heartwarming at the same time to see how much she has grown um, because of this experience. And she really is serving her life's purpose now by trying to raise awareness for domestic violence and provide resources to those who have experienced these situations. Mm -hmm. Her, her resilience and her strength, her courage, I just, and knowing her as a teenager like mm-hmm. I was you know not much older than her not much older than you guys but meeting her as a teenager um she was such a sweet girl and knowing that she had to suffer so much broke my heart mm-hmm. but knowing how like badass she is like how how amazing of a life she's built for herself afterwards and how she came out of it so much stronger yeah and that's like the lesson that I I took from it is that like she's learned, she's learned, learned, learned her. Yes. And so the clip that we played, um, she's mentioning how she really like severed ties with family members because those people were showing up as toxic relationships in her life. And she's created her own family by building it with people mm. who who are just genuine people who have an interest in her well-being mm-hmm. and um I, I think it's so important just to drive home that we have the ability to create the life that we want mm-hmm. and sometimes it does take removing toxic or negative people out of mm-hmm. our lives mm-hmm. yeah and I like sh- I like that she addressed the issue of family because I feel like I mean Nicole and I have a uh, we believe strongly in family and we value family. But I think as a society, the narrative surrounding families is that you need to put your family first, that you can't, um, if you turn against the opinions, the beliefs, the values of your family, you're turning against your family. But sometimes those values, beliefs, actions, words, whatever it is, like they're not serving you. Mm -hmm. Like they're actually harming you. And to be brave enough, like it's brave to step away from your family. Yeah. It's brave to, to know or to realize like, no, I deserve better than 
the situation that I was born into. Yep. It's not your fault. Like you're, I deserve better than the situation I was born into. I deserve better than, you know, being treated by this or, or being restricted to these situations. So to, to have the courage to rise above that and do what's best for you is so admirable. And that's one thing that I admire about Ashley. And it's so hard. It's so difficult to recognize Mm -hmm. sometimes that it might, the reason that you feel the way you do might be because of the relationship that you have with your family, Mm -hmm. right? Because people do not question their family. People are in therapy for years for these like residual behaviors for the way that they, you know, interact in relationships and they don't even think to look at their core relationship and how that impacted them or how it continues to impact them, which is their family. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So true. Mm -hmm. So the next moment that we took that resonated beautifully with both of us was a clip from our conversation with Marlene, my yoga teacher. I always get so excited when I mention her. Um, And she was talking about having a choice in life. Everything is a choice. And I think everything that we've talked about so far, all the highlights we've talked about, Gaz with love, Corinne with talking about um, healing your trauma, Ashley with discussing you know, cutting toxic people out of your life, that is all a choice. It is a choice to love yourself. It is a choice to love others. Um, It is a choice whether or not you want to acknowledge your trauma um, or acknowledge that, you know, perhaps there is something that you should investigate within yourselves. Uh, And it's incredibly difficult to acknowledge that perhaps your family might not be healthy for you. Mm -hmm might not be healthy for you. So it's all a choice. So Marlene talks about that. And I think, oh, I loved when she said this, I was inside, I was jumping up and down. Like, yes, yes, it is right. Everything in life is a choice. You are always like, just one small choice away from a left or right path. Yeah, everything is a choice. So let's listen to what Marlene has to say. Um, I think that I, I knew that I had a choice and I, I'm like, I can either choose to stay in this state of mind and live my life going down the Western route, which was pushed on me many times, but I knew whether even, even going through this path, as I mentioned to going to Portugal, meeting this person, it opened up a whole different path for me. Um, and almost two years going through the Western to there, that changed me more in nine days mm-hmm. than what I went through in two years. So what I'm saying is, there's nothing not to be said that there isn't chemical imbalances or there isn't actual um, conditions. Absolutely. I'm not a psychiatrist. I don't diagnose. I don't know. I don't deal with schizophrenia. That's not what I'm dealing with when it comes to, you know, this path of teaching yoga and fitness and breath work and saying, well, I'm just going to help heal you. That'll all go away. Well, no, we're just giving you the tools to help you manage stress and hopefully be more present in your life to hopefully, you know, get better or maybe make those other therapies work better for you, right? However that is. But what I mean by that is I knew I didn't fit that mold. I knew that that wasn't me. It's like, you just know something inside of you saying, no, that's not right. And, And nobody can, nobody tested my chemistry. Um, so it was, I'm like, where's this diagnosis coming from? You know, like really, where's this science coming from when I don't see a test? Um, now when I say that, um, the endocrine system, and I, I say this is important because it's the hormones and the balance losing my cycle. The endocrine system has a lot to do with energy work and it has a lot to do with yoga. When we're practicing yoga, we're actually stimulating our endocrine system. And especially as women, it's huge for our hormonal balance, for our state of mind, that vagus nerve that has a lot to do with our brain and gut connection. So I am a true believer that back then I just had a massive disconnect. I was in the gym, I was working out, but I was disconnected. My transformation of my body didn't match the tr- my transformation in my brain. It's like my body changed, 
but my mind didn't catch up to where I was in that moment. I was still looking at myself and, and I still struggle with that. I think, you know, um, a lot of people do, but is it a, a big focus? No. Meaning like, I'll be like, Oh, I still don't look good enough. Or it's like this, all this thing. But I think that was the biggest issue for me is I didn't see my transformation. I was so hard on myself that it was just like, I was just not, never good enough, you know? So I think of it was a big block was just a big disconnect. And what I say that is like, I, I looked at my life here and then aligning myself with yoga and just all these other things, it kind of brought you back to yourself. Mm-hmm. It's like, I found myself. I actually found myself. I was lost for, I don't know how many years. What the hell have I been doing for 26 years? It's kind of like how I felt, like how have I been living? Yeah. I, I think that's, that woke me up in a big way. Yeah. Um, from jobs I had, experiences I had, I lived in Florida, I worked at Disney World. I had moments there too that I felt really unhappy. And I'm like, I should be really happy right now with with this experience. So when I really looked back and I guess reflected, um, I realized how important it is to have that mind-body connection um, and how that will affect how our body functions and how things move, you know, um, from digestion to sleep to this and that um, and uh, and how that's going to affect our mental health in such a big way. Wellness has everything to do with our mental health. Um, in many different aspects. So, okay. So much of what Marlene said just in that clip, let alone the whole conversation we had with her, but so much of what she said in that clip, the, the lessons, um, the feelings, they run through all of these conversations that we've had. The idea of being connected with yourself versus being disconnected with yourself um and how a lot of how we live is a state of mind like i think that's something that runs through all five of these conversations and the things that we've highlighted and i think those are some pretty core things i think those are i mean personally i think that's how i really try and live my life like what is what is my state of mind Like I'm in this really terrible situation right now, but what can I learn from it? Like, how can I grow from this? And that's a state of mind. Yeah. Taking everything as an opportunity, not, not as something Mm -hmm. that's like, you know, why is this happening to me? It's like this, this is happening to me. And and like, I get to make something of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know like personally, like going through like the separation, going through the divorce, like that was like actually going, sorry, going through the relationship. I was, I had no idea who I was at the end. I was so broken. And then going through the separation and the divorce, I'm like, this is like, I, I can't even describe, like, this is terrible. Like, this is, it's like I'm in the middle of a hurricane. Like, this just sucks. Mm-hmm. And I could have stayed in that mindset 100%. I probably would have been miserable right now had I stayed yeah. in that mindset. Yeah, and just, you know, hung on to the struggles, hung on, like, what happened to me, hung on to being a victim. But I was like, no, what can I learn from this? Like, how can I grow from this? Where, like, where am I going next? Mm-hmm. Like, how can I improve? So it, your state of mind is so, <laughs> so crucial to helping you map out where your life is headed. Yeah, so true. Um, I think – out of all of the episodes in season one, I think maybe I resonated with this episode the most. Maybe it's because Marlene's a fellow yoga teacher. I told you she's awesome. <laughs> she, she was awesome. And we had such a good conversation. Um, but the part that really stood out to me that I resonated with was when she said like she felt like she finally found herself. Yes. And like what the hell had she been doing yes. her whole life? And um, I'm so happy to say that I'm finally in a spot where I can say like, oh, I found myself. Also, what the hell have I been doing with my entire life? And it's such a relief to finally be there, but it took so Mm -hmm. much work to get there. And um, unfortunately, like a lot of people don't ever make it to that point. Mm -hmm. And it really is all about the mindset. It really is all about wanting better for yourself and 
and surrounding yourself with people and and creating these practices in your everyday life that will serve you, that will bring you into alignment. Mm -hmm. I think as well, that's the clip that resonated with me the most too, is when she said that, when she was like, who have I been all these years? How have I been living? (laughs) That struck a chord in me. I was like, yes, yes. Because I had that moment too. I remember, you know, through the healing journey, as I was like putting myself back together, I had this moment where I'm like, oh, wow, I like in reflecting back, I'm different now than what I was a year ago, like mentally, emotionally, I'm, I'm different. How was I living as that other person? And it connects back to what we said about gas and love and like loving yourself. I had always liked myself, but I didn't realize that I didn't know how to love myself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, 100%. That was probably my biggest moment too, with this season. And the thing that I resonated with the most mm-hmm. is just realizing that and you're like, Whoa. like, when you have that revelation, it's such a powerful self revelation. Yeah, yeah, no, it's completely crazy. Like, we had talked about um, when we were playing the clip from our episode with Corinne on how like, we were just angry people, like mm-hmm. holding on to that generational trauma. And like, yeah, that's who I was. I was that angry person. And then I started doing these practices to help heal myself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like I, I got into alignment of like where I was supposed to be. And I was able to heal my way out of that. And I'm so happy that I'm no longer that angry person. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I think one thing we should note too is, yes, we both practice these. We practice them regularly we've been practicing them regularly for years if you're struggling with something and you know you're like okay I'm gonna you know discover who I am I'm gonna learn to love myself I'm gonna go on my own healing journey it doesn't happen overnight no you go to it doesn't mean you're gonna go to one yoga class or one week of yoga class or you know throw on a, a meditation app and be healed within a week a day like it takes time and you know everyone's journeys are different some people can really get to the heart of what their struggles are and work their way through it in a couple months, some people, years, decades, like it's, it's all unique to us. So, I mean, we've been fortunate enough to have each other and support each other through it, but mm-hmm. still we've done a lot of it on our own, like our own individual, yeah. most of it. Yeah. Been I mean, very individual. I can't heal you and you can't heal no. me. No, no. All I can do is listen to you when you you come to your own realizations but yeah really that's all I can do is listen so yeah exactly hold space Mm -hmm. so our fifth and final clip was from our last episode episode 14 that we had with Nikki and again we're kind of talking about trauma Uh (laughs) Uh, this time we're talking about trauma in children and what happens when we don't help heal that trauma in children or we create a a life that perpetuates trauma in the lives of children and then they grow up to be adults Mm -hmm. who continue that cycle it's so interesting that our last couple guests touched on the idea of trauma and we didn't go searching for our guests like they came to us so i think it's a very aligned series of guests very consistent conversations i think it shows the depth to which trauma lies within each of us and even further within society if it's coming up in conversation so much. And I know Corinne talked about big T and little t trauma. And I mean, we've all had different experiences and struggles. And when they lie in our body, like that's when trauma occurs. So I think think that's why it kept coming up because so many of us have experienced it in so many different ways. Um, it's important to address it. So let's take a listen to our clip with Nikki. So what can happen, like if we're not offering our children like these these outlets, like to journal and to draw or like these outlets to share their emotions, like what are some potential outcomes for these children, like when they grow into adolescence or when they grow into adulthood? Well, you'll end up with an angry teenager. <laughs> probably defiant going and get everything you say now because now they're like wait I'm a teenager you can't tell me what to do anymore I'm taller than you now (laughs) (laughs) or you'll get adults that are like I mean they're just 
someone's going to have to heal from them. Mm -hmm. And in order to catch that, we need to do that now as children. Mm -hmm. I see that so often. So I teach teenagers and I see that so often where, and especially with boys, I actually had a class uh, this year that was 16 boys and two girls. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 15, 15 year olds. And you could see like the dynamic in the class, like the amount of times I had to stop them and say, guys, what you just said is not kind. Or like, why would you say, why would you do that? Why did you do that to your friend at lunch? Like what is going on? And like the attention seeking behavior, because like there's so many emotions that have not been processed or, you know, kid, like kids that just want to be seen or like have their emotions heard. And I right. What you're doing is so beautiful by saying, like, draw me a picture. How are you feeling? I loved so much of what Nikki had to say there because I think she's acknowledging the root of a lot of our individual struggles. I love that she's putting together a program for children. Um, and she had shared with us later on some of the struggles that she had as a child and how those manifested in how she was raising her own boys. And she stopped and checked herself and said, whoa, like this is, this is not okay. And, and that's how she got on her own healing journey and um, decided, you know, started to pay attention to how like started to be conscious and mindful of how she was interacting with her boys and raising her boys. And that's so tough to do. Like Mm -hmm. that's so tough to do. So I give her so, so much credit. Um, Yeah. Like she is healing herself in parallel with trying to raise children that like don't need to heal from their mother or their father. Um. It's it's just amazing. The the level of awareness that she has is fantastic. And I wish that more parents had this type of awareness. Um, and she said that she doesn't want to raise boys that someone has to heal from. Oh, I felt that deeply and personally. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Deeply and personally. Um. Yeah, just so, so amazing that that really is her goal with raising Mm -hmm. her sons, that she just wants to have loving, caring humans. Yeah. Humans. Yeah. It's so important. And I think I started to say it and then I went off (laughs) in a different direction, but I like how she's getting to the, the core of where we can teach individuals to connect with themselves like a lot of a lot of what runs through a lot of these conversations is being disconnected with yourself and Mm -hmm. trying to find a way to connect back to yourself body body mind and spirit and she's really getting to having children connect to themselves at a young age like what a life skill yeah and like the means of of doing that as she had mentioned was journaling or drawing mm-hmm. like that's helping children identify the emotions that mm-hmm. they're experiencing and and draw like children love drawing they will draw you anything yeah draw me a picture of how you feel and the example that she gave in the, the episode was um her son drawing a picture with someone's head on fire yeah like how awesome. and just taking the time as a caring adult, not even if you're a parent, but like taking the time as a caring adult to say, Oh, like, why is that person's head on fire? Mm-hmm. What are you feeling right now? Mm-hmm. Is it's, it's so simple. Yeah. It's so simple, but it's not something that's done. Mm-hmm. A lot of us have the tendency to say, Oh, it's a cute picture. Or that's interesting. And maybe talking to, you know, our partners about it or, or other parents or other adults, but not asking the kid. But I I think a huge problem is that people don't understand generational trauma. Mm -hmm. Like they don't understand that they might be for lack of a better word, like harming their child, Mm -hmm. like in terms of trauma, because they haven't figured out their own trauma. Mm -hmm. So by her like creating this program so that children can learn how to distinguish their emotions, it's just, it's so amazing because what she's doing is, you know, raising boys that that are able to identify how they're feeling and 
hope will hopefully be able to have healthy relationships as mm-hmm. they grow. Mm-hmm. I wanted her to come on the show. So we connected initially. So we're in the same self-love coaching program. And as all of us are progressing through the program and starting to shape how we want our own coaching programs to look, hers stood out to me because she's focusing on children. And the majority of us are focusing on helping others who are trying to heal from someone who hurt them or struggles that have been imposed on them by others or by society. Like a lot of us want to coach people through these like residual um, effects of struggles, residual impacts of, of trauma. And she's going right to the root cause. So it doesn't even become a problem. And I like, that was mind blowing to me, but so simple. Yeah. And I'm like, more people need to know about what you're doing and connect with you. Yeah. Because this is amazing. Yeah. It's so amazing. I know. I I said it so many times. (laughs) Nikki was amazing. The work that she's doing is amazing. And we are so very looking forward to um, having a conversation with her in the future as this program develops and matures. I can't wait to see where it goes. Mm -hmm. I can't wait to talk to her in a year, two years from now and see how many children she's helped yeah how many parents she's helped yeah how many oh I just that's so great (laughs) she's Mm -hmm. doing great things yeah and she's such a beautiful soul and we've said that about all of our guests this season and and the five that we're talking about today everyone's got their own story everyone's come from their own places they all have their own purpose and they're all trying to help others heal and like, what a selfless act. Mm-hmm. It's, just, it's beautiful. Oh, I can't even like, I'm so overcome by just joy and beauty and love right now mm-hmm. for these people and what they're putting out into the world. Yeah. And like, we've had so many great conversations mm-hmm. with all of the guests that we've had on season one of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to speak for myself. I did not imagine all of these fantastic conversations that that we no. were going to have. I could not have imagined that when we first began with episode one. Yeah. I I don't know what I was expecting. I think <laughs> like we both listened to a lot of podcasts. Nicole actually got me into podcasts a couple years ago. And we're like, yeah, okay, we're going to start a podcast. We're going to talk about what we know. We'll have some guests. We'll learn some things. Hopefully someone else learned some things. But yeah, I would agree with you. You can speak for both of us on that and saying that, I've come out a more enlightened person because of the people we've spoken to. Um, Someone who knows better how to connect to myself and connect to others because Mm -hmm. of what I've been taught by them. Mm -hmm. And just like knowing these people, like I think that's been my favorite thing about doing the podcast is just connecting with all these beautiful souls. Yep. Connecting and building that community that we want Mm -hmm. to build. And you know, this is the end of, season one and for the next few months we want to focus on Mm -hmm. continuing to build that community to grow it and we cannot wait to come back oh man season two with (laughs) some more amazing guests and great helpful conversations yeah so in the meantime while nicole and i are on a little bit of a hiatus if you would like to connect with us, you can connect to us on our socials. So we are on Instagram at sisterhood underscore of underscore healing. We're also on TikTok at sisterhood of healing. And you can connect with us through email at sisterhood of healing at gmail.com. Um, Nicole's also got her own page. Yeah. Uh, so I have a page for um, fitness coaching and yoga so on Instagram, you can find me at um, mindful two underscores movement. And within the next, ooh, hopefully month or two, I should have my one-to-one coaching program up and running. Um, and from there, I do want to build a group coaching program, which oh, I'm, I'm so excited to have people connect to each other through their healing because there is such power in that. Um, so if you wanted to connect with me, just DM me on one of our um, socials and we can talk about how to do some one-on-one coaching, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. So thank you everyone so much for listening up to this point. Uh, we really appreciate all of your love and support mm-hmm. through season one. 
And um, yeah, we'll, we'll talk soon in season two. Yep. Bye, sisters. Bye. That's it for our show today. Thanks for joining. Remember, you can always reach out to us on our socials, on Instagram at sisterhood underscore of underscore healing, or on TikTok at sisterhood of healing. We love to hear from you, so please reach out to us at any time. Thank you for journeying with us today. We'll see you next time.